Finn Russell kept playing French music and the story behind that is that it gave so much energy, energy to the boys in camp and they're absolutely loving it but the Scottish boys we've had it for two years um, <laughs> and, and, and the song <laughs> no matter how many times you listen to it I've absolutely no idea what they're saying so um, and he's half man half speaker um, <laughs> so yeah it was on a fair bit House of Rugby Ireland here on Joe Game Changed. So, Shawnee, it's our final Lions show. How are you feeling about it? Probably quite happy to see the back of me. Yeah, I am actually quite happy to see the back of you. I'm glad we've bombed back, though. Um, Thanks of fresh air bomb back into the place. <laughs> a little bit of separation from me and Goody as well. Um, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a hectic few weeks, to be fair. But uh, yeah, looking forward now to a bit of a break. Well, on this week's House Rugby, we're lucky enough to have Bomb here. Give us uh, your feelings on the, on the series. Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? It's like if when you play, you kind of you, and then you kind of get emotionally involved with the Lions. And yeah, I was, I was quite sad at the end of the game. Seeing you know, I was a few good mates who were involved in the squad and the management. So, but then being a bit of a purist, I didn't mind the scrums. I didn't mind the malls and the kick in. You know, obviously you'd like to see a bit more. You know, I come from a club where you know we play a lot of rugby. So, but. I thought, I think it's one that got away from us. You know, I think we were brave to go for those calls to the corner, but I think it was when we, we, we had enough to win that series. Do you think that's the overriding feeling? Is just, it's one that just got away and it'll hurt the boys as time goes on because it was there to be won and it was there for them and they just came up so just a little bit short. Yeah, I, I think it will. I think in uh, 2009 when we lost, you know, that we saw that as when they got away. You know, the second test, we were dominant and we had about five injuries within about 10 minutes and you kind of uh, leveled the play fields a bit. And even now, you kind of, uh, we should have won that. And it was, you know, it was a few mistakes towards the end, but we should have won that. And we went on to win the third test, which is all well and good, but, you know, it didn't matter in the long run. But, yeah, I think, I definitely think we had more than enough to win it. Regardless of what the second test happened, you know, in that third test, I thought we could have, if Tom Curry you know, nine times out of ten, you wouldn't get pulled back for that in the mall. You know, and um, and but they were on, they were on the you know <laughs> they got an eagle eye out, eagle eye out uh, certainly after all the the referee stuff that was going on. And yeah, I think definitely I think you know the boys would be pretty dirty about it and pretty upset. And you know, I guess, but not so much around you know anything off field. You know, they had we had more than enough to win it, and that's the, that's the kind of underlying thing for me. Well, let's hear from Inside Lions Camp, uh, or Holiday Camp, Isolation Camp. They're uh, stuck in Jersey, most of them, trying to go through isolation. But we're lucky to have Stuart Hogg. Yeah, Stuart Hogg, who you were late for again, today. I was on time, but okay. You weren't on time. I thought you did a great job. Full backs, full backs. Position here then, probably. Like, this is, this yeah. has happened a numerous amount of times now. I don't think we need to go into the admin of how we, many times we've well, had to change it because of you. Don't be late. I wasn't late. This to you. It's one of my pet hates. I wasn't late, mate. I was at home waiting for my carpenter to finish, which is perfectly understandable. You move the times four times. Four times. <laughs> no personal carpenter. Yeah, uh, Bolt Interiors, <laughs> by the way. Very good. Look at them on Instagram. Doing a great job for me, I must say. Really yeah, he good. Told me, he told me backstage you're you involved with cash as well. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't even go down that route anymore. But cash. Yeah, no. You're paying him cash, you said. I'm not paying him cash. These are just all rumours now. <laughs> I mean, you're making you're all this stuff up. Jeez, you're going to get the guy chucked out of the HMRC or something. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> All right, mate, let's hear this interview. I'm sure Bomb carries you. So uh, so here we go. Here's Bomb and Shawnee talking to Stuart Hogg. Hoggy, how are you? I'm good, lads. I'm good, thanks. How are you, boys? Very good. Very good. Thanks, Pat. Very good. Very Lemon good. Lemon sunshine. It's lovely. How's things with you? You're in Jersey, I believe. Family's just arrived. Is it as chaotic as, uh, as it might seem there? Yeah, I think I think it was easier um, just concentrating on rugby and being away from them. Uh, it was a lot less stressful. I'll have you know. Um, they arrived just before lunchtime uh, today, and it's absolutely tremendous to see them. Obviously, kind of what seven, eight weeks we've been away. Uh, good to good to see them again, and then yeah, a couple of hours later, they're they're back to being their normal selves and uh, not ideal when you're slightly hungover. I can have you. I'll let you know that for sure. <laughs> can you can you go out in the boat and see the the island or? Are you stuck in the hotel? Nah, it's like, so we get COVID tested every morning. So when we first arrived on Monday, we got COVID test and we couldn't leave the hotel until we got our results back. Um, see, that was like kind of late afternoon. So Ali, Ali Price and I were one of the first to get our results back and boys were kind of waiting a little while after that. So we thought, you know, 
stuff it. We'll go, we'll go a little walk and see what it's like. Um, it was so weird because Jersey is like so normal. Yeah. And we were always like sketched out because we're used to how things have been. Yeah, we were almost weird. sketched out when people got close to us. We were like, what the hell is going on? But all the all the restaurants are open, shops are open, everything. Um, and it's actually, it's it's refreshing to get a bit of um, ordinary life back. You know, after being stuck in a bubble for so long. But uh, nah, it's, it, is, it is quality. As I say, we get tested every morning. And then, yeah, we, we get to leave to go back to, back to England um, next Thursday. So hectic week for us but we're, we're kind of using this time as a little holiday you know I've got the, as I say we've got the chill and the kids out so yeah. um, we'll, we'll try and make the best of a bad situation I guess Hoggy what's the what's the last four days been like have you have you blew off a bit of steam I'm sure um, I hope you have anyway certainly <laughs> hope, hopefully my dad's not listening to this but uh, we had um, Hamish Watson and I had a conversation about it yesterday and we've uh, as as you're well aware, the last kind of week of a of a test match when you're not involved, you're uh, you're proper binges, aren't you? So, um, Amish Watson and I discussed yesterday that eight out of the last ten days, um, we've had a, a a couple of quiets, you could say. Um, so my body, my body, my body's felt a lot better than it does at the minute. I actually feel like I played a game last night, but yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. It's a good part of the season, as you say. It's a uh, Nobody kind of understands the kind of um, the stress in rugby every every week, you know, and all season. Um, so it's good to just relax and wind and, and make more memories off the field. How was how was the well? How was the aftermath of the game? Frustrated, annoyed, few decisions. Yeah. You know, was it a bit? Yeah, I think I think obviously we were all there for the same goal, the same purpose, and that was to be a part of a successful tour. And you know, unfortunately, we didn't quite quite go to plan in that, but. You know, fair play to Gats at the end of the game says look, we can be we can be down, we can be disappointed, um, but only let it last a couple of hours because you know we've got to to stick together and enjoy the last kind of day or two we had together before everybody um, leaves to go back home. So look, we are, we are absolutely devastated. I think you know when we properly get a time to reflect and unwind, and it will it'll probably eat away at us again. But um, now, look, unfortunately, what's done is done now. We, it it yeah. can't be changed, but. Uh, we can definitely get better individually from it. What was it like out there? What with restrictions, you know, with no fans? Uh, I suppose give everyone a, a flavour of of how tough it was. It was it was bleak because you know the first thing you want to do on a day off is, or you know, an afternoon off a little bit of time. You want to go out and um, you know have a coffee with the boys, play some cards, and do a little bit of sightseeing or what have you. But look, we, we were fortunate enough that that we can still do what we love doing. We we still had an opportunity to play rugby and. You know, represent the Lions on a tour, which is what everybody was chasing for the last, you know, four years or whatever. But um, we we were lucky in terms of the hotel we stayed in. We stayed in Arabella, um, which was about an hour and a half away from from Cape Town, and had a golf course uh, around the hotel. So the hotel was was world class. Food was was awesome. Rooms were outstanding. Um, just a, like a, a nice uh, place to to chill out. But now be um. We tore the arse at the golf course, I can, I can assure you that. We, we enjoyed it. The weather was good. We got out a fair bit. Um, but yeah, we, as I say, we, we made the best, the best of, a, of a bad situation. And as I say, we're fortunate with the, the hotel that we had. And anyone surprise you on how bad they were drinking? Or <laughs> is there, There's a couple of boys I know that who weren't in the playing um, staff who were terrible drinkers. <laughs> the <laughs> your your defence coach is one of them. Horrendous. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Tad's is um, wait, I gave him so much shit like, on a daily basis. Um, like it, some sometimes when he does something good, like I wind him up all the time about you know how Marty Holler used to play in front of him at the hospitals all the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so did you ever say he should have got cap by wheels? He was, he kind he kind of half tells that story, but it it, it, it eats away at him. So I think he gets a bit angry and and, and stops that conversation straight away. But um. <laughs> In terms of who who's been good on the who's good in the person who let themselves down a little bit, I thought I'd be the big man on Saturday night and go all night and see how long I could go through on the Sunday. Um, managed to keep going on the Sunday, and then the boys started to get back out of bed on the Sunday afternoon, and we were leaving um, to fly home, and I'm flat out in the departure lounge sleeping like I was devastated. <laughs> you know, all the boys going on with the party and stuff, and I'm flat out sleeping so. 
Um, yeah, I wish I had a pound for every time somebody sent me the photo of me sleeping or <laughs> told me I was sleeping. Um, but yeah, that no, was it was great crack. Crack. Hoggy, it's there was a lot said about I suppose uh, your Scotland teammate Finn and how well he done in the in the last test and how he kind of lit up the the Lions attack. Uh, one, would you've been loved to been out there, obviously, and two, was there is there any kind of frustration about I suppose the first two tests and not kind of playing um, like like we did at times in the in the third one. I think the the difference, um, you know, Luke Finn's a world class talent and he's his game is to chuck it around, but he reads the game like no other. Um, and at times, you know, if it, it gets to that point and, and that kind of, you know, I, I reckon maybe 60 minutes he'd have probably been coming on anyway because that was kind of shit or bust time on it. So we have to we have to get on with it. But um, look, that, that third and final test was our opportunity. I thought we played some of our best rugby in that game. Um, you know, we're moving the point of attack. We were taking big, big risks by, well, not big risks, but momentum swings were massive for us. So we kept going in the corner, which which I, which I loved. You know, on another day, we'd, be, we'd probably score them. But, like, I think he's, he, he is unbelievable. But in the first two games, like, I thought Biggs has been outstanding on tour as well. Like, he's um, speaks so well, organises the boys. Um, an angry bugger at times. But, uh, <laughs> Now, like I think, you know, we 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 can all we can all sit back and, and have an opinion on it and look back and see how we could have done this, that, and, and and the other better. But the reality is, it's done. So um, as I say, we can we can all be better from this experience. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm, I think it's almost a guarantee that one of the one of the Northern Hemisphere teams in the autumn are going to knock over the knock over the Sappers. Um I think it's a, it's a team that's going to actually play play you know a fair bit of rugby against them. Because we, we've noticed what they're about. They, they're hugely physical. They've got an aerial threat. The the defence shuts down massively. But at times when you when you chucked it wide or you or you took a higher risk, um, you're getting better outcomes. We want to play play a little game with you first uh, before we let you go very very quickly. So there's a couple of questions here uh, for you. Um, I'll take the first few, Bob. Uh, who's your new best mate? Um. <laughs> New best mate, Owen Farrell. Really? Wow. Very intriguing. He could, uh, be, the, he could be the next answer too. He could, he could be, yeah. Uh, the most annoying? Um, Finn Russell, because he kept playing French music. And the story behind that is that they gave so much energy, energy to the boys in camp. Um, and they're absolutely loving it. But the Scottish boys, we've had it for two years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the song... <laughs> No matter how many times you listen to it, I've absolutely no idea what they're saying. So, um, and he's half man, half speaker. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was on a fair bit. This is a, this is a good one because I remember thinking in '09 when I when I went was who was well, how do you say it? Who was what you weren't expecting? So who did you think you know you had preconceived ideas about, and then when you got there, it was actually a, a good a good fella, like, you know? That would probably be the reason I said Faz. Um, because we, we had this conversation with him. You thought um, he was a dick before. You know, <laughs> no, like, I mean, like, he was, like, I thought he was going to be intense, like, throughout the whole time. Um, but he's one of them that, like, when he's on the training fields, he's intense. He, he knows what he wants out of it. Um, but as soon as you crop, like, as soon as you finish training, he's, like, proper chilled out. Um, and I didn't really get that vibe of him after seeing him, you know, on the previous couple of tours or whatever. But, uh, I think that's why we ended up bonding so well because he was proper chilled out. But um, yeah, mate, there's a, there's a few people like that to be fair. Um, I think you may have led this, said this already. Who led the charge? You know, when there was a chance to let the air down, who led the charge for the boys? Um, <laughs> Josh <laughs> Navidi's been quality. <laughs> um, Chris Harris has been quality. Um, Jamie George has been absolutely outstanding. We, we we gave him captain of the binges for the last couple of weeks, um, and and he just kept spirits high. And you know it's like like when it when it does get tough when when you're not playing in the big games. Um, but you know we, we we had a fair amount of golf, especially in the last week. We had a fair amount of um, fair amount of bevy hidden away in boys' rooms. Good stuff. Who who was who was the best golfer by the way, Hoggy? Um, well, Faz and I are unbeaten. We oh. beat Jamie and Dicky. We beat Biggs and Dicky. 
Who was the most vain on the tour? Conor Murray. Ah, oh, yeah. Hundred. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Murray. Conor, Conor Murray, mate. Like, I, like, I think I've got, like, OCD. But in reality, I, I just like to have things neat. Went into his room, mate, and he's got all his beauty products lined up, and I couldn't believe it. I actually thought his missus was there on tour with him. <laughs> I was like, mate, that, that's that's not play on the amount of products he had. Uh, who was the most? Who was the grumpiest? The grumpiest. Mako. Aye, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mako's Mako, though, isn't he? He's like he kept spirits high, but. He loved a sappuccino every now and then as well, and I think that's what. As soon as he started sapping, I think it just encouraged boys to get their saps out as well. So it was actually quite funny at times. Very good. Last question, Hoggy, for you before we let you go. What about Gary Owen, uh, RFC at home? The yeah, you've had the jersey on. Uh, they put out. They put out a tweet that you've signed off. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, all that. the Irish AL clubs are praying that you actually haven't. <laughs> Wait, Gary Owen, correct me if I'm wrong. Is a high ball, isn't it? That's what that's what they yes, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think I'll be. I don't think I'll be playing for Gary Owen, man. Not for hoisting it. Hoggy, thanks. We really, really appreciate it, and well done on the tour. And enjoy what the next uh, few weeks holds for you. Thanks, Matt. Take care. We'll see. You Cheers, Hoggy boy. Cheers, bye bye. Bye bye. Lads, that was pretty amazing. Awesome, in fact. Um, yeah. I might as well walk out now. There's no point in me being here. Great interview. Surely. Well, we've been saying that for a long time, but I know, but we, need, we do need your Ron Burgundy moments. Yeah, mm. X being all. True. But getting back to this <laughs> Lions tour, no one would say it was a vintage Lions tour. Um, I guess COVID played a big part. What were your thoughts on the, the general tour, really? And and was it Lions fault, South Africa? I mean, what, why, why wasn't it? Why weren't there special moments, like memories that we all remember from 2009, 97, etc.? Um, I think... You know, COVID's obviously played a massive part. The no crowds, and you know, it takes the atmosphere because the South African fans are they add to the game. As in, you know, they're very hostile. They're, you know, abusive, and but you know, they're brilliant to play in front of because you know, you know, you're in the, you know, you're in a game, and you know, you know, every big decision that goes for them, you know, they're gonna get behind the team. And so, did we get caught into a, a like trying to play too much like them? I I don't know. I, yeah, I think we probably did a little bit. Um, but it's hard not to. <laughs> they're so they're so good at the sort of three things of win games these days. The, the defense, well, I would say, both set pieces, the you know the scrum and the mall, and the kicking game. The fact that Lions won the kicking game the first test, win a big way to, you know, win in that test, and then it's almost like yeah, yes, they're going to get better. But why wouldn't we carry on doing what was so successful for us in that first mm-hmm. test, where we kicked and won and we got the scraps? You know, obviously we, we could have played more rugby against them, but you know they. Also, the defence doesn't let you play too much rugby. I think we all agree, and you guys have been on Lions tours. I've just watched. I love it. I think we all think it's the best thing in the world. But was this tour um, a bad example? Didn't do the brand any any positives, really? I don't know if it's done the brand any harm as such. To the outsiders looking in, they probably say, oh, you know, it was unattractive, it was bad to watch, all that stuff. But... Internally, when you're involved with like, you know, when you're involved in the Lions at all throughout your career, you look back and you go, it was unbelievable. And I suppose when you've experienced it then, you know what the players will be like now. And they will be disappointed, obviously. But when you're there and you're in this thing, you don't see it from our perspective, from the outside in either. And you know that it was it's going to be an incredibly tough tour, locked in a hotel. Everything about this tour was different. Now, having said that, everything about the Six Nations and all the games over the last two years was different too. And we've seen some great, exciting rugby. But, you know, it's just, you need a little bit of, of something. And I didn't think I didn't think we had that from day one out there in terms of the way we went about our business. I thought we could have expressed ourselves a little bit more um, and just and just move them around a little bit. I, I do agree, Bomb. I think we did the first day try and play them at their own game, but we stayed doing that, which obviously we won the first test, so then why would you go away yeah, from it? Exactly, yeah. So like that's what they're thinking inside the camp. Us looking outside it, we're going, after the first test, we're going, great, we're on to, we're, they've won the first test, we're in the right place now. And then the second test just doesn't go our way. We didn't win any of the aerial contests. And next minute we're going, right, what do we need now? We need to play more. So, you know, it's all hearsay, as uh, as we've discussed over the past few, few weeks. But at the end of the day, 
I don't think it'll do the brand, um, you know, any harm whatsoever. Going forward, the lines will be the lines. It'll always will be. It'll be steeped in the history it's there. Has it been a poor tour? Absolutely. But hopefully the next one's not like that. I guess, you know, for me, you know, people have talked about, oh, there's too much win at all costs. I mean, that's rugby. There's a series on the line. Everyone cares about you win the series. And no one matters. It doesn't matter about how you played or what you're doing. about winning the series. But were these two teams just under too much pressure with little preparation? Was that why the rugby was a bit flat and there was that neither team were taking too many risks because they didn't have the time or preparation time? I, I absolutely agree with the preparation in and around where we won, we won all of the warm-up games. You know, if we, could, if we could have had five games against a team you know, like Japan where we would, it would tested us. I think it came so easy in those games. You know, we were dominant in everything we did against the Sharks a couple of times. You know, and all these guys, these games. It was when that South Korea came. It was, that was the wake-up wake call. We almost needed, you know, a couple of, you know, it's always nice to have a couple of, you know, live and easy ones to warm up in through, yeah. you know, yeah. or that type of game. But I, we needed more competitive fixtures. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And unfortunately, due to COVID and how, you know, how it is at the moment, out to well, everywhere, then we just didn't get in and thought... Would that you know you know more about attacking play than me? But would that have given us more? I knew obviously, but that would have, if we'd had more meaningful you know defenses to play against, would that have put more pressure on our skills? And then when come to the test match, we'd be able to execute execute these skills better. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you, Bomb. Because if you look at the 2013 even and 2017 tours, you're playing the Brumbies, you're playing uh, the Crusaders, you're playing the Maori All Blacks with with class players everywhere and that's where you actually take your most learnings of going into test games and that's where probably Gats and uh, the management now didn't get to see enough of players of how they react in that pressure environment against really really good players where yeah we were winning games over there but were they, were they meaningful? No they were, they were, we were beating teams whatever 50, with 50 points but we didn't get tested in any which way where you would in previous matches and you would have in a normal uh, Springbok uh, Lions tour where they'd have their actual Springboks playing against you in midweek so there was none of that this time around either so you have to take that into consideration a little bit as well I, w- I will say on that and I know in 97 it was the first time they didn't put the Springboks into the provincial games and they didn't in 09 either mm. so it was almost a plan for them not to do it so you don't kind of know and you kind of get shocked then when the you know the frosty and the intensity comes from them at the, uh, in the first test and in 09 we found out Christ, these boys, these boys will be locked up, and they came and you know they beat us up first half certainly, but I think, but I'm you know I don't think the brand hasn't gone. No, now, rugby's gone a bit weird with all the off stuff, off field stuff with um, Rassi and all that. But it's gone a bit strange, and it's gone a bit like well, this is isn't what we used to. But the brand is will always be there. I think it was. I think there was a struggle after all five in that New Zealand tour where, you know, uh, Sir Clive's one where and they didn't do too well and there was all these different things coming back and stories. I think the brand was kind of like dipping, but I think the brand will always be there. And yeah, it's just, you just got to have, you know, cooperation. It's good to see Australia saying they're going to have Pacific Islanders, you know, Pacific Island teams properly in the lead up to the next tour, which is brilliant because it's going to be harder games. It's going to be more, you know, where you, where, as you said, where you can see these guys and how they react in, the, in different pressures. So on the on the harder games, I mean, 2017, um, I think Lions lost two games, the Highlanders and the Blues, mm-hmm. you know, and they were big wake-up calls and, and really tested you. I think you won 12-3 against the Crusaders, you know, a tight test match game. And I think previous tours for me, going to South Africa, they didn't have their test players playing, etc. It wasn't a problem because they've got so much strength and depth. I think perhaps this year, you know, how many players in South Africa are playing in Japan, playing in England, playing in France, just to name a few places. And therefore, then they had their 50 best players who were in the squad. So they, they weren't the best teams. And it yeah. didn't help them with that preparation. That, but, that's, I, but just, sorry, just to keep going here. But would you change the Lions series up? If that's going to be the case going forward, would you change it up and have them play uh, a Japan every time, a Pacific Islands team, um, uh, a French team or something like that, just so those games, people would love to watch them, but they're proper games still as a warm-up, and then you go into a three-match test series? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think you need a certain amount of games to play. I think um, in 13 we went Hong Kong, and then it was a yeah. kind of... The first came up, but you know, and I don't think there's many of the Australian boys are in the te- in the provincial teams. But 
I don't know. It just seemed more competitive. You know, they you know they were a little bit deeper. The squads, you know, obviously again we're not in. We weren't in the times we are now. So you know, the restrictions and the illnesses and everything. You know, so you know that obviously plays a part. But I, I think if Australia are going to put the uh, the Pacific Island teams in, however they do it, whether it's going to be a you know, like a Barbarians or um, like an Invitational team or like a Pacific Highlands team, or and to play the, as well as the Brumbies, the Reds, the Waratahs, and these guys, then you know, come Test match, you know, everyone's. It's, it's going to be competitive, and then you can also add the games in after week one, the test matches, where you know you and the boys come back off tour after like the the is it the province Western Province game? Yeah. If you weren't well, picking, if you weren't picking the first test, then you you're going to have three weeks off, basically. Yeah. Is it responsibility of the Lions to play an entertaining game of rugby, or is it just a responsibility to win the tour? Win the tour. Yeah, win the tour. For for a player out there, all it, all it wants to do is win the tour. And contractually, I have to say this, but would we, we wouldn't see a try like your try, one of the best tries ever in the Lions, 2017, I have to contractually mention it for Sean. You know, talk us through it again, Sean. Who did you overtake? After slating me <laughs> earlier. I'm glad you gave me one positive anyway. Sean, I will say this. You ran past three backs to get there. It really was a turbo. What noise did you make? Was it Glory Hunter? Glory Hunter. He wasn't running with his head up looking at the ball. He was head down. Ready to power into a rock. Ready to belly flop into a rock. Anyway, let's not talk about that anymore. It's been brought up enough lately. Really? Really? Some serious minutes on TV. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you'll show the video in a minute, but... Yeah, so we and we all agree the Lions is the pinnacle and the best thing still in rugby. Yeah, be oh, yeah, uh, and it goes back to the other question. It's like <laughs> if you win three nil, three nil in the Lions season, but you win the series two nil, then that's all that matters. And I know, <laughs> I know people want to see attractive rugby, but when, but when it comes to Lions, and it, you know, it wasn't a spectacle, and the whole thing was a bit of a, a weird sort of situation with everything going on, but. So wins the series accounts, and 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 as a British and Irish player, it's the I'd say it's the pinnacle. You know, yeah, neither of us have won a World Cup, so we don't know. But no. it's the pinnacle you, you can do as a player, and you, you just want to win the series. I agree totally. And as I think we'll find out from a review of Sean's book later, win or lose on the booze. Okay, then that's enough of that. Let's talk to our very smug, bock on the ground, Skulk Brits. Skulk, how are you? There it is, looking smug. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> how how were those celebrations then? Um, it wasn't the, um, anything close to the winning the World Cup goodie, but it was. You managed to get that in within a minute. Well done, Scholar <laughs> 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 was there as well, by the way. In case you were wondering, medal ah. around his nectar. Yeah. <laughs> He's also got a Lions winning medal as well. He just didn't have one. Yeah, uh, uh, but, but it must have been a bit weird was, in the stadium, was it? Obviously, no crowd, and yeah. It was actually so weird, Goody. It was like, okay, the celebrations, uh, you know, the, the firecrackers going off, the boys having a couple of beers in the change room, sitting with them, and it was like, okay, fine. So what's the plan now? And they said, no, we're flying to Port Elizabeth uh, tomorrow, and then we're getting ready for the uh, championship. And I says, what about the celebration? This only comes around every 12 years, and you're very lucky if you beat the Lions. And they said, well... There's no break in between, so it's 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 like a great celebration, a one day of celebration, and then it's back to work. It's it shouldn't be like that. It should be like almost end of season, having a bit of a jaw with the boys for one what couple of days, and then back on it. What I gather from that is that they don't trust you anymore. They don't want to tell you any stories. You're on Channel Four. You're on this rugby pod. You're on other rugby pods. They know that the news will get out. So they just don't want to tell you a thing. They definitely had a big night out. <laughs> no, it was, um, I'm only on House of Rugby uh, goodie. No more than this. But literally, because I was still in the hot bubble, I mean, it was only the family and the teams that can actually have a couple of beers in the hotel. And it was still a hot bubble. This week, they're in a soft bubble. And then before they fly out to Australia, they're back in a hard bubble. So it's it's just very odd or weird times at the moment. Scholar, what's the what's been the reaction from South African fans? Um generally like over over the period of the last week or so? Sean, the boys has been or the crowd and uh, I think the general public is, is sort of a relief, you know, getting pumped. And the first first test match, I think the second of that the Lions played was phenomenal rugby. Uh, but all in all, it's great. But it's it's weird if you don't have any fans at the stadium. I know a lot of people um, were just having a couple of beers at home, 
but at 10 o'clock it was curfew. So when I drove back after having a couple of years with the boys, there was no cars on the road. People were back in bed sleeping and I was like, come on guys, you know, this doesn't happen often. And this, unfortunately with these times, you can't celebrate properly. Was it a master? I know a lot's been talked about uh, Rassi over the last uh, few weeks. Was it a master stroke having the families, the South African boys' families, in camp with them? No, I think it was quite a. It was great having the families here uh, or there in the hotel, but it's it's hard, as you know, with with kids, it becomes quite tricky. I mean, all the wives and they can't either go shopping. All they had to do is stay in the hotel. They can't couldn't even go training. With the kids, yeah. it was uh, mentally it was very hard. The boys actually said after the test message, they said, "Yes, we need a break, a mental break from from rugby because Rassi is quite a tough taskmaster, not just Rassi but Jock as well, and they just need a break from the game. And they couldn't have anything outside of the hotel. They couldn't play golf. They couldn't go on a wine tour. They couldn't go shopping or have a coffee outside. So that's that was mentally exhausting for the players. So. The big question is how can they follow this up after probably one of the most intense physical test matches or series they've they've played. And, and on that, obviously the rugby championship, you've got Argentina this weekend. Where where do you think South Africa are really? Because obviously you said how intense it was, and you're worried about them perhaps mentally. But where do you think they are in their playing sense? Um, good. It was they didn't have time to really prepare. Uh, I don't know if you guys know the guys were training. Speaking to Andy Edwards, uh, kudos to him for getting the team on, in a physical condition to play because they were t- training on Zoom with 20 kilogram plates while half of the team had COVID. So that was hard. And I always said during the test series, they're going to get better with time. The, the question is now, they couldn't prepare. They're still doing exactly what they did at the at the World Cup. There's no changes in pattern. There's no changes in, in the way they defend or attack. It's just purely a physical nutrition that they all that they try, uh, put on the pitch. For me, the, the the sad thing about when the Lions started playing rugby, they put us under pressure. So it was weird that the kind of team they picked in the third Test match that they didn't throw you know the ball around a little bit more and put the South African defence under pressure. So how? Obviously, the captains play a big part in that, and how you know on pitch how you play, kick the corner. How where's Khaleesi going to go down now in um, you know the folklore of African rugby? Is he he's an iconic leader already, winning the World Cup? Now Lions, you know, for me he was a little bit quiet first test, but he kind of grew into the series. Mm. Is he just going to get bigger? You know, is he going to get better and better and more? You know, an absolute sort of you know the biggest icon rugby South African has seen, rugby wise. I, I definitely think so. I mean, if you just look from the story he's got to tell, I know Frank Trapino has got his own story and John Smith, and both or all three of them is, is legends in South African terms, not just on the sport pitch, but what they've done outside of rugby. And I think such it's such an amazing story to think that a guy from the townships that was undernutritioned or uh, underfed, if I can say that, when he joined Great PE, uh, when he was 14 on a bursary from from some other businessman that gave him opportunity, him and three other guys, to come from where he was to where he is today. That is, I mean, I'm putting it out there. There's going to be a movie made out, out of the Sia, Felici, and, and the Springboks. I mean, to come from where he was to where he is today, and we can still achieve so much more. And, I mean, I did some work uh with the CR Felici Foundation. It's amazing to see that he's not just a rugby player. He's someone that wants to give back to South Africa and give other people opportunities. So as a captain, yes, he was quiet, but he had COVID two weeks before that. uh, And he's just going to get better as a rugby player. I think Scala, just for me as well, if if there's a film about him, there'll probably be a film about Mornay Stain as well. Not that Bond wants to hear that (laughs) name again, but, um, you know, he's, what, 37 does another kick yeah. to win it? I'm sure they'll be the South Africans would love to see that film as well. It is it is an unbelievable story from Mornay that was almost close to retirement, finishing with uh, uh, his career there in Paris. And, and I thought he's he's done. And he said, okay, I'm going to have one more go at the Bulls. Played fantastic rugby, uh, not being picked on the first and second Test match, uh, and then on the third, getting his opportunity and slotting it as if it's 
12 years ago with with ease. It was straight through the middle. So it's, it's sort of a fairy tale for Mornay. I, th- I think all of us, I mean, he still looks almost similar to 12 years ago and he's great condition. But I mean, uh, what a great story. Yeah, it's, it, the two of them boys are, have been unbelievable in fairness during, during the tour. Um, Scholar, looking forward to the rugby championship. Um, I know like Ian Foster came out and said that the tour was a bit boring to watch, etc. <laughs> Do you think that the, the Springboks are going to get a lot of uh, moving parts in terms of when they play the All Blacks, etc.? Do you reckon they're going to take a lot from that last test and see where you see where boys were under a bit of pressure? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it was, they saw that when they speed up the game, they can put us under pressure. I think we were still undercooked going into the lines. Well, it's it's rich saying that. Um, but I, I think from a metric perspective, uh, they weren't there yet. And that's why I thought, you know, Gatlin tried to to beat South Africa at its own game. And we just tried try to stay traditionally to what is our strength. And I thought it could have, could have changed it up a little bit, but that's a big risk to take, I guess. Uh, where with Argentina, especially New Zealand, they're going to shift the ball around and put us under immense pressure from a, from a defensive perspective. Scarlett, what's next for you? Obviously, a lot of networks to keep happy. Um, Pro-Am golf, is it? Some documentaries? What's up? Um, yes. Uh, Goody, personally, of finishing up at Remgro. It's a, uh, the company they're working for now, investment holding company. And moving to Southern Right Capital, that's a that's a fun. So starting first of September, all new cattle of fish. So um, I'll be in London a lot more. Oh, fantastic. We all look forward to having you either yes. back on the show or yes. just meet oh, you yes. in the pub, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but Scholar, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us throughout the series. It's great to see you okay. and we wish you well. Cheers, Scholar. Yeah, Cheers, and, Scholar. Just, and, just, and just lastly, I just want to say I'm sorry about the lost guys. Um, I'll see you in 12 <laughs> years again. Sod off. <laughs> <laughs> Take it Bye, easy. James. Cheers, cheers. Just, just on Bye. that, um, as Scholar goes, he, he mentioned sort of there wasn't really much celebration. What were the celebrations like? Like a couple of days for you in two thousand nine, two thousand thirteen, seventeen. Like just obviously, you can't tell us everything. We don't want to hear about Sean and how naked he gets. But um, just you know, did you have a couple of days? Is it quickly home? What happens generally? In all nine, I, unfortunately, I was flying home on the Tuesday before the third test because I got taken out by Barkey's Botha which it's probably cost the test series didn't it yeah, I think me, yeah, 100% yeah. but yeah it was it was, it was good it was, <laughs> yes, did. we had a good few days on the uh, on the, the beer. I thought Australia was good though it was kind of I enjoyed Australia we obviously even Sydney and this, um, I think a few of the boys went off and did their own thing I had about five or six mates out there so it was and a few Welshies were kind of um Milling around the place doing media, so we had a good, we had a good drink out there. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot, a lot of drinking. A lot you kind of see, like what different clubs do. A lot, like I, I grew up watching Leicester with this big tough, you know, you know, tight five forwards, you know, bat to each other on, and then you kind of walk into the hotel at three o'clock in the morning. You got like the Youngs brothers and like sticking cocktail sticks in their forehead, and just like <laughs> yeah. making them stick. And it's just, yeah. you know, the fuck's on here? This is just so weird. Uh, but you know, well, it's like a pint. But yeah, so it was, it was um, yeah, I'd say. I'd say yeah, we, we had, in 30 minutes, yeah, we, had a good, we had a good drink, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I think it, three, it was three kind of days of it. Yeah, it was good, yeah, Sunday, three Saturday, days. Sunday, Monday, yeah. yeah. Uh, a few drinking games, you said Welsh don't really, the Welsh don't do drinking games too much, you just, honest no. drinking, just you smash it. No, it's some people drinking games, you just don't play this Buffalo. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Buffalo. Just a pinky, pinky kind of thing. Oh, okay. Uh, there was a lot of that on board tours, I think. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. There, was a lot, there was a lot of shots and court sessions were pretty good, pretty awesome, pretty funny. I'm bored as well. <laughs> and, and talking about Australia, obviously 2025 next tour. Um, a lot has been talked about, about Gats being on the next tour. It's a long way off. Um, his record's been phenomenal. You've both been coached by him. Do you think he'll want to do the next job? Do you think it'll be offered to him or do you think someone else sh- should uh, take over? Um, I'll answer it in order. I think he'd do it if he was offered. I think, you know, what he's good at, I've always found him, you know, bringing a group of players you know, together quickly, and, you know, simplifying things and, uh, you know, going, you know, getting them in the mental, the right mental state to, like, take on, you know, the, the best in the world. And I think that's why he suits the Lions so well, you know. But he's going back to New Zealand, to the Chiefs next season, and I'm, I'm sure that's for a reason. You know, there's probably a, mm. 
maybe maybe something at the end of the tunnel for him. You know, he's <clears> obviously been so successful up here, so successful in international rugby, and you know, it'd be it'd be silly if he if he wasn't in the conversation at some point, I guess, around the All Blacks. You know, is that what he's looking at? I don't know, but um, you know, again on the third one, is he is it time to move on? It was a lot of good coaches in the in the UK. There's a lot of good coaches out there. And um, you know, I guess you're looking at Faz, some of that who might be in the mix. Or, but it's, I guess it all depends on how they go over the next couple of years, the next two years, and then you know, the, every team could have a shocker. You know, um, even Crowley could be amazing with it. Lee might get a sniff. So uh, it's, I think the who is going to be the next one. I don't know, but I think you know, he does such a good job at bringing the players together in a short of time. I think he's you know he's kind of the perfect sort of guy for it. I mean, a lot can change in a couple of years. Yeah, but um, I think they're talking about locking it down pretty soon with him, though. Really? I think, I think they're... Didn't something come out yesterday in the media about they're, they're going to talk to him pretty soon about potentially doing it, so... He's, he's I, saying, I, I guess... Three years in New Zealand, though, I think, isn't he? Or two years after that? I, I can, mm. but, well, I guess the question is, for someone who's been so successful with Lions and so successful as a coach, how much did this hurt him, the loss, and how close it was? Yeah, well, I know he's, he'll, take thing, he'll take it personally, I guess... I think in in 2017 he had a fair bit of stick, didn't he? With um, you know, we came in there wearing the clown nose, and the and clown nose, so, you know. Yeah, he so he'll, take, he'll take it personally, and um, but you know, another 12 years is a long time to come around to play South Africa, isn't it? So if, maybe if he gets a chance with the All Blacks before that, then all, it's going to be a bit quicker. But I wouldn't rule him out. You know, personally, if he wants to do it, he can do it. He's you know, he's probably as successful as anyone, as successful as Geech. So, but I guess. It's up to the pose to be, isn't it? And it's also up to him. As I said, if he's gone to New Zealand, he's got, you know, something a little bit down the line there. You know, that's, I guess that's the dream for any All Black Kiwi uh, fella to coach the All Blacks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, so Shawnee, like, just simply here, if you had to choose in the next year a Lions coach and Gats was uh, ruled out for some reason, who who would be names you would you would look towards? I think definitely hypothetically, a, t- definitely a Faz type of person uh, with with the likes of Gregor. Um, Scrum coach, you, of course. <laughs> you, uh, Rob McBride is your assistant. <laughs> you, would, you wouldn't go. You, you wouldn't go further field like a Scott Robertson from the Crusaders if he was available. It's obviously a, a bit of a wild one. It'd be so successful there. Yeah, it'd be it's a, outside the box. It'd be a very, very interesting mix then because you would be if you had someone like Scott Robertson over over the actual whole setup, and you put someone like Gregor in there and the Faz, you'd be playing rugby. Um, so that's, that'd be usually exciting, obviously. Even Ronan Gara. Yeah. Obviously, he'd worked together before the Crusaders, those two. Yeah. So it'd be it, quite an interesting dynamic. I think it's interesting from my side because he's so adrift at the moment, obviously, in New Zealand. He's, he, he's probably watching the rugby in Europe, but he's not in it every single day. So he gives a really kind of, like, like looking from outside of the, the box or whatever, outside perspective of all the players. He doesn't know anything about them. There's no hidden agendas it's just I want to pick the best players who I see playing that season mm. but I th- personally I think I don't know Scott Robertson from Adam but I th- personally think he um, so that's why a Gats or Faz is good because he understands certainly Gats he understands the Celtic boys you know how how we are how sort of um, how what makes us tick you know what the sort of so I think that I think you need a kind of you know I'm not, I'm not saying Eddie Jones will get it but he understands certainly understands Northern Hemisphere rugby now Gats does. He obviously been with Wasps, Wales for 10, 12 years, and I think he understands. I think it's, I think it's harder than just like coming in from the Crusaders and kind of overseeing it. And I'm, you know, the, I'm the best coach in the. He's probably one of the best coaches in the world. He's got a fantastic team of players there. Mm. I think it's harder just to do that. But I think you need someone who kind of knows, like like a Faz would understand. You know, Northern Northern English played in London, played in London knows knows the Irish boys, yeah. knows the Welsh boys. Yeah. So I think it's someone like that. You need someone who kind of knows the, the personalities and the traits and, you know, the little, like the weird, how, weird some, how weird some of the Celtic boys can be, you know. And yeah. uh, So I think, you know, if Gats wasn't doing it for Faz, would be the guy for me. Oh, it's a good point because, like, someone, a Kiwi coming in wouldn't understand the way we operate in this side of the world really either. They don't even watch some of the games that we play in. Really, they're just worried about themselves over there, and they tell you that as well. Like some people, some people, like you look at some of the interviews they've done years ago. Some of the All Blacks, you mentioned some class players that we'd all know, internationals this side of the world. And they go, uh, I don't know much about them. They'd actually say that openly in the media because they're too, they're worried about themselves only. So it's the same, I, I presume. You know, someone like him coaching, he probably has what Gats has now in terms of a longer term plan as well in New Zealand. I presume 
been so successful there, he's surely going to be in the mixer in, in the coming years as well. So would he want it? But would he be an exciting coach to have in the system at some point? Absolutely. Good break dancer as well. Mm. Well, I mean, there's always that fun. To be honest with you, I think you were missing a trick. You should just uh, go and get my old NEC Green Rockets coach, Ryota Asana. He's an ex-school teacher, phenomenal coach. So, <laughs> one win in eight. So, definitely put him as the head coach of the Lions. Um, moving on to... Well, hopefully, you're, hopefully you're not going back there. You just probably bagged him. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. well, he's, not, he's no longer coach there either. So. Oh, all right, it's good. He's, actually, eight, he's, he's gone from head coach to, um, I think he's doing some recruitment slash working in the office. So. Isn't he selling? Isn't he selling? Selling um, merchandising as well, hats. Uh, everyone does that at the club. Actually. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah okay. it's part of the, 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 the role. Of the you have to you have yeah. to sell the merchandise. Um, and the head of merchandise just puts his own face on all the merchandise. Yoshi, he just puts all his own stuff on. Yeah, which is which is fair. So before we go, guys, it's a little bit of fun. Predictions for who will be captain in the next Lions tour, and can you give me four players who you think will be nailed on, or three maybe who will be nailed on to be in that team? I think. I thought. I also, by the way, I thought he's amazing in this tour. Your teammate, Toji. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Mm. I think he'll be captain. Yeah. I think. I think this one is probably a little bit too soon for him, and I think he'll be the best lock in the world. Well, one of them with Vitalik in the next four years. So I think he'll be captain. Four players. I'll give you three. Stephanie, Marcus. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, you think Finn will be too old? No, I don't, know, be, if, I don't know. if Finn is. I think he's twenty-seven. Is he twenty-eight? Thirty-one. Perfect age. I think he'd be. As mature as he's ever going to be yeah. as a yeah, game no, management, sense, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Marcus, Marcus, um, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see um, Ring Rose go next one. Although his hardline's not going in this one, and I'd probably say I go I'll go another back again. Thomas Williams, yeah, I think yeah. I thought he was again unlucky. Yeah, I go I go a Toje captain. I go James Ryan from Ireland next one. He'd be he'd be hurting a lot from 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 this. It'll make him better. Um, I will say Tom Curry, obviously. He'll be there again. Um, yeah, Marcus Smith, definitely. And I'd agree with you. Wales, scrum half. How, how old is Henshaw? Robbie's 28 or 9, is he? It'll be hard as a centre. I say Curry definitely. I think him and Watson yeah. will be yeah. fine out, but I think Curry will definitely be there. Yeah. Toji, I think will be captain. Arrow. Um, there's I'll a couple of really Finn. good. There's a couple Finn, of really Finn good will backs, be isn't there? Like young backs over here now. And, and I'd say just uh, if he keeps developing the way he's going, uh, Reese Amit. I think young yeah. man. Yeah, he's someone I think could could really be uh, phenomenal. So I was taking four years. Tiger's only Tiger's twenty seven now, is he? Is he? Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll, he'll go then. If he starts, if he's still yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. All the good tight players play thirty two Lions tests. And and Shawnee, News in Ireland, Rob Carney's gone and played uh, GAA. Yeah, Rob has gone back to play Gaelic football with the Cooley Kickums. <laughs> That's a good name that. It? Say it again. Cooley Kickums. <laughs> Are they a good side? Um, by all accounts, I think they're pretty decent. Yeah. Um I think there's obviously in Loud where Rob is from, um, GA is massive back there. Like it's it's massive everywhere in Ireland. But to have someone like him going back to his club now and giving something back will be huge for the area around him. Um, because we always give him abuse for not doing anything for anyone in his own area. So now he's <laughs> going back to play Gaelic football. You're like, oh, finally! But I think I think it's something that, to be fair, every uh, rugby player in Ireland, if they if they had GA roots. We would obviously love if your body would allow to go back and play with your club because the community and what it means to play for your club is massive at home. So will you, will you go back? Oh yeah, I'll go back if I if I'm still able to move properly we, at that stage. And not, surely as a goalie, only a goalie, right? <laughs> a goalie. I've seen you try and kick a ball, I'll be mate. Playing full back. You can't full forward. You, you can't. End, you can't be, run and you can't kick. I'll, I'll surely be, they're I'll too either big. End of the pitch for sure. But I can imagine. I can imagine hurling. With the sticks. Yeah. No, I can, I can imagine you I'm, doing I'm that. A no, that's coordination, though, again. Ah. Are you a better footballer? Yeah. <laughs> Hurling, I don't believe that. Again, <laughs> not on the slide. I can see you being the Michelin man in goal. That's all I can see. <laughs> okay, like in hockey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's not true. Uh, but I think I think it's class going back to Rob playing. I think it's class for him, first of all, but it'll be class for the area and it'll give the, the club a huge boost having someone like him back training with them even and, and playing a few games so that's what we all aspire to where we started out as uh, in, our, in our young careers as 8 or 9 year olds mostly in Ireland is the GA 
and then developed into rugby. So it's great to go back and, and finish off there if that's what he's doing. Oh, I think, Fair play to him. I, th- I think you'll be very good at it and I'm really happy to see... He's a class footballer. Yeah, no, I'm really happy to see you being positive about him because off air you always bitch about how he sold more copies of his autobiography than you <laughs> and you're quite upset about it, so... That's untrue too. Well, uh, me, you and both Rob, are, me and Rob have a very healthy relationship when it comes to selling books. It's funny because you've just asked... On the, just on that, how many stars on Amazon have you got? <laughs> I think I've five. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, also, yeah. <laughs> no, what I was going to say, but that is a joke, mate, yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You don't worry about it because you'll never be writing a book. No, I won't be, mate. Don't worry about that. You've never I checked your stars on Amazon. It's funny you mentioned the Amazon review. We've got uh, this book up here. Uh, Fuel, yeah, Sean, it's a good title, hell of a picture. Um, there is one review I'd like to go through. G Melrose gives you two stars. I'm a great fan <laughs> of Sean O'Brien. Of yours, I bet you. So first cousin of yours, you've put uh, him up uh, to this. Melrose, come on, pal. <laughs> um, I'm a great fan of Sean O'Brien and have been looking forward to this. Thanks, G. However, it was nowhere near the stand of other rugby autobiographies I'd read recently. <laughs> no great insights, no funny stories, but compared to other international rugby players, <laughs> Sam Warburton, Paul. O'Connell, Roy Best, Adam Jones, Sorry about that. not even making it up, Brian O'Driscoll, to name a few I've listened to and read, it was not very interesting. Uh, I came away with the impression that he cared too much about being a hard man and over-celebrating the good times rather than taking being a professional athlete seriously. By the time he learned how to look after his body, it was already knackered. Jesus. <laughs> That is a tough review. I'm, I'm just, he's gone for a hard man. He's, yeah, he's really gone for it. We're just, scr- we just over celebrating. <laughs> we just screenshot that and just send I've it actually got his address. Can, can him. we do you want me to verify him? Get his address, maybe? Nah, he's all right. <laughs> I like that the bit. Harsh. That, he's so yeah, harsh. That actually that hurt me a little bit now, to be fair. By the time he learned how to look after his body, it was already knackered. All right, good. You know what oh, that's that brutal. I tell you what, this is why I would never even get close to a book. Only because my mum would read it, but no one else. Still, please. Wow. Well,. We're off to have our big house of rugby party, which I'm now Sean, going Sean, he's going to be crying. I'm, I'm heading home. <laughs> yeah. He's going to go stalk this uh, G Melrose, I think. Um, well, cheers, Bomb. Cheers, Shawnee. We'll get around you. We'll give you a hug. Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's House of Rugby. Thanks for watching or listening. Cheers. <laughs> Just cheers. House of Rugby Ireland, here on Joe. Game changed.